Hello and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Davis Newton here as per usual for the Cups and Cakes Network. And uh, today we've got Newfoundland-based songwriter Owen Davies on the show. He's here to talk about his new EP called Pasta in the Moon with his uh, backing band The Evangelists. The record was recorded in 2015 and just got released a few weeks ago now. So we talk about the idea of recordings as time capsules and what it means to come back to material that you recorded in the past and work on it in the present. We uh, we talk about uh, we talk about uh, all kinds of weird jobs that Owen has had as an archaeologist and uh, posting ads in strip clubs for an ad agency temp job. <laughs> we talk about uh, blueberries in Newfoundland. And uh, we talk about the cross-generational appeal of David Duchovny. Of course, there is some foul language in this episode, so uh, listener beware. And uh, Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways that the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. So you can uh, take, a, take a visit over onto our website, cupsandcakespod.com, and check out other episodes of this podcast, as well as other audio, video, and written content. That's over at Cups the letter n cakespod.com here's owen davies uh hello my name's owen uh edwards i release music under the name owen davies which is my middle name davies perfect well uh thanks so much for coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much for coming on inside the artist studio uh, excited to have you here. Uh, where, where, where am I talking to you from? Or rather, where are you talking to me from right now? Well, you got me. I'm in St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, yeah, so this is kind of new for me. I just moved here at the beginning of spring. Um, my girlfriend got into school here, so I came along and moved from Montreal. And um, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit crazy getting here and like COVID wasn't a thing at the time because it was like at the height of all the craziness, especially in Montreal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful town and happy to be here. Perfect. Well, uh, to run through the format real quick, we got some rapid fire stuff off the front. And then uh, after that, we'll dive into talking about uh, the new record with The Evangelists, which is, of course, called Past on the Moon, and uh, talk a little bit about the record label that you're working with now, too, The Gatekeepers of Love. And uh, yeah, and then uh, right at the end of the episode, we'll, uh, we'll listen to a track from that record. So uh, Awesome, Sean. Without any further ado, let's, uh, we'll dive into it. Perfect. So, uh, very first question: Is there a is there a specialty dish that you cook that people associate with you? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> um, well, you know, my girlfriend is the real chef in the house, but um, I can make one. I, I'm pretty good with the pasta dishes. Yeah, and I make a a mean chicken pesto penne dish which is exactly those ingredients. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my go-to um, in a rush, for sure. Yeah, pasta. Boy, I love pasta. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only thing I find with pasta dishes is whenever you're cooking, you end up having like a, just a bazillion pans because you need to like boil spaghetti and then you have a different thing for sauce. And then if you're cooking like a meat or something, you have a different pan to cook meat and then... It uh, I know. piles up pretty quick. 
I know you need multiple stir fry pans going at the same time, you know. It takes a lot of coordination and the timing. The timing is everything. <laughs> uh, do you prefer tea or coffee? Oh, big coffee guy for sure. Yeah. Are, Drink a lot of coffee. Not so much tea. Are you like a like a gourmet coffee guy? Like do you really uh pay fine attention to the specific roast or what have you or you know, I thought I was, but um, I really don't think I am. Like, I only recently learned that, like, dark coffee is, like, considered kind of lowbrow. Um, <laughs> and I'm a real dark coffee. Like, I like dark beans. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not a, a gourmet uh, bean expert by any means. I have worked at a couple coffee shops, but... Um, you know, nothing special. Yeah, I I don't know that I've even ever had a dark coffee. Like, what's the difference in taste? Like, what? <laughs> well, you know, just when you buy your like packaged beans, they have like dark roast, right? Um, light roast, you know, medium roast. I just go for the dark roast stuff. I just find this the taste is a bit like stronger, but it's actually, I I'm I'm I. I assume I think that the they're roasted longer and that's why they're kind of like burnt almost. Gotcha. So you're not getting as much of like the natural taste of whatever bean it is. Um, that's my understanding of it anyways. Someone explained to me it to me like a couple years ago. <laughs> uh, what's the weirdest job you've ever had? Oh man, I've had a bunch of weird jobs for sure. Um, my current job is like strange enough, I guess. Um, I like work as a, an arborist. Um, okay. So yeah, just like climb trees all day with like chainsaws and ropes and pulleys and all that. (laughs) So (laughs) that's like, you know, that's not a, usually when people see you doing it, they stop and watch because it's a bit out of the ordinary. Um, but I've had a weird. I've had many weird jobs. I worked. <laughs> I was an archaeologist one summer outside of London, Ontario, which was very strange. Just like digging holes, like I was like Shia LaBeouf in holes for like a summer, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then I had this other really strange job. I was like desperate for work in Toronto, and I got signed up at a temp agency. And this ad agency needed workers. So I went in and our job was to go around to like bars and restaurants and nightclubs, wherever they had like um, spaces on the walls for advertisements and put up these big vinyl advertisements of like um, cigarette brands or like alcohol brands. And then you not only had you had to and like strip clubs i was going to strip clubs and stuff it was very strange (laughs) and uh not only did you have to put up the vinyl advertisements you had to like wait around at like high traffic hours and take photos of people in front of the ad without their without them knowing so that the client would see that their ads are getting, uh, they're having interactions, you know? 
Yeah. So it was very weird, like going into nightclubs at like midnight and putting up an ad like while it's like fully active and then like just like being a wallflower and like snapping photos like it's there's definitely something ethically wrong with it (laughs) but I did that for a while and uh yeah that was a strange job for sure yeah that's a good little collection you got there oh yeah Um, that's just the starting yeah (laughs) (laughs) what's the what's the first car you ever owned I had um my first car was a a Volkswagen Golf um that I bought off of a mechanic friend um and he it was his car and he had like like pimped it out so to speak like he dropped it <laughs> he dropped yeah. it and then he had um like rims like really nice rims on it and then he had it like painted red and it was all black, like tinted windows. Yeah. And it was a stick shift too. So it was pretty cool. Like I, I really liked that car. It felt pretty, pretty boss <laughs> rolling around Toronto in it. <laughs> but uh, sadly, I, I no longer have that car. I, I ended up actually hitting a couple of deer. Um, oh no. Yeah, I got in a really bad accident outside of coming back from Prince Edward Island one summer uh, when I just got across the Confederation bridge, I, uh, yeah, hit a couple deer on the highway. So yeah, it was kind of scary. Actually, the funny part of that story was the, the first people to pull over was the car behind us and they called the cops, but they, it was like a, gr- a group of guys. They were all buddies and it was kind of funny cause they were like, we'll call the cops, but we can't stay because we've just been on a bachelor weekend and some of us are drunk or something. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm so grateful for the call. Right. But yeah, so they called, they called and then they left and someone showed up and the car was totaled and everything. But yeah. 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 RIP Volkswagen golf. I, it, yeah, funny story. I am buying a Volkswagen golf later oh, today. No way. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh. I um uh, I just uh I just finished as a student at McEwen and I was in Saskatchewan before uh, this. Okay. And so I would have to get like an out of province inspection to move my existing car over. So it yeah. was like easier to just buy this car that a friend of mine is selling. So that's uh that's actually right after this, I believe. So Oh my gosh, man. Congratulations. This is a beautiful vehicle. <laughs> I hope it doesn't meet the same demise as mine did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. If you could uh, put together a kind of fantasy uh, lineup of, of bands that you would want to see, uh, any kind of handful of bands, put them on a show together, uh, what, uh, what kind of bands would you pick? Oh, um, well, I definitely put in some bands that I haven't seen so far. I feel like that question too, you kind of want to pick like artists that are like either gone or or like at the end of their like that you might not ever get a chance to see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um I'm a big Cat Stevens fan, so I would put Cat Stevens um in the lineup. Um, I'd also put 
James Taylor in the lineup. And then I'd put some more like contemporary bands, probably like, um, uh, like I haven't seen Radiohead oh, or yeah. um, Flaming Lips. So maybe I put those a, a bit of a bit from both worlds, you know. And then I'd have the I'd have the Beatles, obviously close. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there a is there a social media account that you like to follow that uh, brings you some joy when you scroll past it? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not um I'm not like super social media savvy. Um but I was I saw um my brother and his wife recently on vacation and um uh Kat his my brother's wife put me onto this account called I think I think her tag is like Black Forager. And okay. she's this really entertaining girl um who posts like uh real like tips on foraging okay um so and it and she's hilarious too so recently i've been like enjoying seeing what she posts yeah yeah do, do you know do you know john cage is that familiar to you like oh no sorry Oh, okay. He's like a, a mid 20th century uh, kind of contemporary classical composer. Um, oh, okay. He, yeah, he did like that f- four four minutes, 33 seconds of silence with the orchestra. Or oh, just sits there. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess uh, I got this book. I guess he was a huge like mushroom forager. Oh. Too, so he put out this amazing book of like, you know, all these hand-drawn documents of mushrooms that he's picked in the forest over, over years of doing that. It's uh, quite, quite something. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, that's the, yeah, that's one of the main, we just got like a foraging book. Um, Yeah. So especially with mushrooms, like you don't want to mess around with that stuff, but at the same time, (laughs) that would be such a great uh, just knowledge to have as far as like what's edible, you know, because uh, even like recently we were just out camping for uh, overnight camp and just walked by so many mushrooms and we were like, should we try some? <laughs> nah, I don't think so. But um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Newfoundland is a good place to do that too. I feel like there's like, I just know that there's like shitloads of blueberries and stuff out there. So oh, the blueberries are like out of this world. I've never seen anything like it. It's. <laughs> <laughs> you could feed the world with the amount of blueberries on this island. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you prefer sports, board games, or video games? Uh, spurts, for sure. Yeah, big sports guy. <laughs> do, do you do you play as well, or do you just kind of like enjoy uh, watching them? Um, I I play like I recently I've been golfing a lot. Um, but I'm like a huge basketball fan and, uh, mostly basketball and football. Um, but yeah, um, I used to play a lot in high school and stuff and I still play like rec basketball, um, that sort of thing. But yeah, I'll play whatever I can for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I will say I, uh, I was never like a huge sports guy, but uh, I used to play a lot of soccer as a kid, and oh, nice. then 
more and more, yeah, as I kind of, you know, wrap up university here, it's like, man, I wish I had like a group of people I could just go out and like, even if it's like, I, like I'm not good at any sport, right? But there's something yeah. really nice about going out with a group of people and actually like doing something like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's, that's a great way of, especially like when you're getting older, like outside of university, for instance, and I don't know. Yeah. It just forces a bunch of people to have like a common activity. Good way to make friends, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, do you have a hobby or pastime that uh, people might think is uh, kind of strange or off the beaten track? Man, I wish I had. I don't really have any like strange hobbies. My, you know, <laughs> my main hobby, I guess, is music. And then I'm a big outdoors person, um, like climbing trees. I, I rec climb from time to time. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, nothing like nothing crazy like that. What what is there for like? Because uh, I'm very familiar with you know national and provincial parks and and the like in Alberta, right? There's a lot of yeah. a lot of mount a lot of mountains, lots of lakes. Oh, uh, for sure. Where where are the kind of places that you go in 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 Newfoundland or or Montreal for that matter that are kind of like uh, outdoorsy retreats? Well, in Newfoundland, it's just like a giant park, essentially, like pretty much. Most of the island is just crown land and you can pretty much pull over your car anywhere and just hike in, pitch a tent and do your thing, you know? And another thing, another thing that's super interesting here is um, the amount of freshwater lakes. They call them ponds here, which is funny, but they're <laughs> kind of a bit smaller. They're not like the conventional like Ontario uh, big water lake or anything, but um yeah, so here it's just a matter of like driving out and finding your own adventure. There's some big famous parks like Grossmorn or Terra Nova or different things like that. Yeah. Um, and then in, in Montreal, like just they have such an amazing park system in general. Like there's parks everywhere. Um, there was a really, in, in Montreal, there was a really neat um, bike path that, I'm going to blank on the name of it, but it's off of, um, Jean, so Jean Drapeau, like the island where Oshiega is held, the next, the next island up, um, is, uh, where they have like the Formula One, like racetrack. Okay. And then there's a really long sliver of peninsula that runs, um, I guess it would be west, yeah, west along the St. Lawrence, and you can bike out there. It's a really fun day trip, but it's essentially, I think it's like kind of like um, Leslie Spit or something in Toronto where they've used all like the leftovers from development to make this like uh, big peninsula pretty much, but it's very thin. Gotcha. Um, so that's kind of an interesting spot, but Montreal has got a bunch of awesome places for sure. Yeah. Uh, two questions left here. Uh, is there an album that you remember from your childhood that uh, you still come back to that was still really uh, influential? I wonder, like, I don't know if I've returned to many albums from my childhood, but one that was, like, really influential when I heard it, because I think it was the first CD I bought was... Um, was Dashboard Confessional. 
a mark, a mission, a brand, a scar. I don't know if I'm messing up that title, but it's it's a series of four words like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like a cassette tape, like buried in sand or something on the cover. But yeah, that was a big one for me. Um, and then I guess before that, I just had like cassette tapes. I remember I had like the Space Jam cassette tape, which was dope. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then some like I was raised in a, a pretty like Christian uh, family. So I had a lot of like DC Talk, um, some other like Christian bands that most people haven't heard of. <laughs> Yeah, I always, um, like, faith-based music is always a bit of a puzzle to me because it's interesting, like, um, obviously there's nothing stopping that music from being, like, really great, right? Yeah, but it, yeah. But it seems like as somebody going into writing songs, it's really difficult to think most of the songs that I'm going to write are going to center around <laughs> this kind of one idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's so or true. Maybe, or maybe it's not like that at all. Maybe for all I know, there's like Christian rock bands and they have like one God song on every record and then the rest of it is like, you know, uh, balls out rockers about taking acid or whatever. But I feel like that <laughs> might not be the case. <laughs> Yeah, the first song is like a devotional love song to uh, God, and then the next one is like uh, based off of a mushroom trip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's true, man. I feel like it probably <laughs> narrows down like what you can write about. Or even if you're writing about something, you also have to kind of pair it into that universe a bit, you know? But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I remember there was like a wave like of bands that were like faith-based bands and then they kind of changed their um, category, I guess you'd call it, to positive message bands. Right, okay. And then they were able to like enter into the mainstream a bit more. Like right. um, a big band like that would be like Switchfoot or like Reliant K. Um, right. Those types of bands where all of a sudden they were like on David Letterman and uh you know but um yeah so very last question there and yeah uh, very last question then <laughs> um are there any uh uh are there any bands or artists that are are doing stuff right now that you think are kind of a little bit underappreciated that you want to give a give a little shout out to oh for sure um I mean, most of the friends, most of my friends that make music, I would say. <laughs> um, but um, who can I say? Well, I'll say my friend uh, Isaac Valentin. I don't know if you've ever heard of Isaac Valentin, but um, he's a phenomenal songwriter. Um, he's got a couple, well, three really great records. If you're checking him out, listen to the... Um, amateur the japanese edition um of amateur is is really mind-blowing i listened to it just the other night actually and then he recently released like a folk record that's uh the name is like dot 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 or ellipses or something like that yeah um so that's really good and then uh some friends from ottawa playing a band called pony girl and i would recommend them um 
Yeah, I mean, there's so many. I could go on for days, but <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, let's kind of switch gears a little bit and move into the second half of things here. Um, sure. I I keep saying it's like I'm not going to ask this question anymore, and then the pandemic just keeps on rolling. But uh, how how has the pandemic been for you so far? <laughs> oh man, it's been like it's been a pretty I guess turbulent time in everyone's lives but especially in mine just i don't know i i feel like maybe when i was in montreal i wasn't experiencing it as maybe as uh it wasn't as impactful in my daily life because as an arborist we were deemed as essential workers so i was still going to work you know i was outside all day um it was more so like you know getting inside before eight o'clock and that sort of stuff. Um, But then kind of, it also kind of um, refocused or just kind of, I was thinking more and more about like where I, what I wanted, where I wanted to be um, and how I wanted to be positioned. And I, I was kind of like, Oh man, I, I kind of want to get out of the city, you know? So this opportunity kind of naturally came up and, um, Anyways, yeah, I don't know. I'll always remember kind of COVID as like the time I decided to move to Newfoundland, which is like a place I I had never been here before moving. I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was going to be like a frozen tundra with like snow 20 feet high or whatever. (laughs) You know, it's totally not like that. It's such a beautiful um, place, you know. So, but yeah, I guess... Yeah, that's how I'll kind of remember it. I mean, it's ongoing, right? Like, it seems like it, this thing's never, never. <laughs> every time I have a conversation about it, everyone, someone always says, oh, the numbers are going up. That's like the classic <laughs> line. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know I've, I've asked a few people for these interviews, you know, like when you get around to the end, you want to be like, what's next? Like, what's, what's, what's the next thing for you? Yeah. And inevitably I will say like, yeah. So as the pandemic is coming to a close and like every person will be like, it's not done yet. We're not done yet. (laughs) It's It's a nice reminder. (laughs) Sean, you keep trying to push it along. It's not happening. (laughs) It's we still got we still got a couple more waves. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's uh actually you know what 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 uh I feel like I've talked to a lot of people too who took on some kind of uh big move or big like personal change during the pandemic. Is yeah. there an element of like uh being at home or having this going on in the world that kind of spurs those things? Do you think? Sorry, what's that? Oh, is there um, is there something about the experience of a pandemic or of like you know like a big world event like this? Yeah, that you think has like spurred either yourself or other people to like make a fairly oh, big, big change like that. Big changes. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I think for I think so for sure. I mean, what what COVID really did bring was a lot of like reflection time, you know, a lot of people, people had a lot of time to think. (laughs) So, um, you know, I feel like when people get some downtime and they start thinking like, you know, maybe they want to start this or do that or, 
you know, pick up and move somewhere or start some project, you know? So I feel like for sure. Yeah. Cause I, you know, it's, it's tough to make those big decisions when you're in the grind of everything, like working a job or, you know, just going about your daily routines. I feel like, yeah, just the downtime kind of has afforded people like that freedom to like, think about, you know, what they'd like to do, I guess. Yeah. Did the record label come out of that or has that been kind of stewing around for a little longer? Well, it's kind of been stewing around for a, a while. Um, yeah, I, mean, I I just kind of, I've been releasing music for a while now and I just kind of thought, you know what, it'd be, you know, especially if you're um, like a guy like me who's, you know, just kind of churning out music for his friends and family and things like that. Um, and maybe you've gone through like, those sorts of emails or like calls to like labels to try to pitch albums and stuff. Um, it can be a little disheartening, you know, after a while. So I, I felt like, Oh man, this is kind of just a good opportunity to like, I'm in a new place. Let's start up a label and like, see if I can kind of just like grow something, you know? Uh, Cause I think, I feel like that's how everything kind of starts anyways. So yeah. Um, and it also kind of puts the onus on me rather than, um, you know, me trying to like, I don't know, get in with some other crowd of folks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You you started that with a couple other people, right? Like that's a, a group project, so to speak. Gatekeepers? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a group of friends right now. Um, it's super low key and, and we're looking to like grow it and and it's going to be more so like a community and like it'll be like artist run not for profit or anything um just a way of like kind of being there for each other and supporting one another in our artistic endeavors you know yeah um, yeah because especially as a, like uh yeah as like a solo artist or if you're at home like you have a bedroom project or um especially during covid like it's hard to get in a room with a bunch of musicians you know <laughs> It's, yeah. it's, it's nice to like get feedback and also like, um, borrow from each other's talents in different areas, you know? So that's kind of the idea. It's, a, it's at a super like low ground level kind of morphosizing level right now. But yeah, yeah. It's exciting though. Yeah. Yeah. I know, um, I started something similar a while back with some pals and I, I'd be kind of curious, I guess, if what you're doing is aiming to kind of spotlight a certain sound, like if there's a certain aesthetic thing that you're trying to go for, or if the idea is much more just to like build a community of people. Um, yeah. <laughs> what? It, how did you do it? What Did you have an aesthetic in mind when you were doing it? You know, I, I think it was me and two friends and we had a lot of conversations early on about like, um, do we want to try for a specific sound here? Like, are we looking for that? Mm -hmm. And then I, I think we just kind of never figured out what that would even be. And so we just, it was like, I would meet more people who were into music and were making recordings. And it was like, yeah, sure. We'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. We'll help you out. Whatever. And as a result, it's like really a crazy, weird collection of music. Sometimes, oh, cool. Right? Cool. 
Yeah, man. I, I, I feel like there's, yeah. Um, I haven't really thought that through. Like so far, I feel like there's probably an aesthetic in mind, so to speak, but I feel like it's more like if, if we dig it, like it's in, you know, it could be any genre, you know? Yeah. 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 So to uh, to take things kind of way way back, I guess for a minute, where where are you uh, where are you from originally? Uh, I was born in in Coburg, Ontario. Okay. Um, and then I moved around a little bit and uh, moved uh, somewhere in the middle of elementary. I moved to Westport, Ontario, uh, which is a small town like north of um, Kingston, about 45 minutes. Okay. Um, so that's where I did the rest of like my schooling until I graduated high school. And then, and then I bounced around quite a bit. I went, I did a, I did a year in Ottawa, a year in Halifax, a year back in Ottawa. Then I moved to Toronto and then Montreal. And now I'm here. What, uh, what, uh, I guess why the bouncing around? If, if you don't mind me asking, like, what's, what's <laughs> the, uh, what, what's the appeal of bouncing around like that? <laughs> um, well, the first few moves, I guess, were, I guess I, well, I went out to Halifax to study. So I was like a student okay. and then, uh, and then I call, I transferred to Carleton in Ottawa cause at the time I was still playing in a band and we were based okay. out of Ottawa. So we were like, we haven't given up on like the, uh, like the band dream. So we were like living, yeah, yeah. In, living in a house with, that was just like a jam space in the basement and we were all like going to school and whatnot. Um, so yeah. And then after that, like we decided all to move to Toronto. So we were in Toronto and then I was there, Tron- I was in Toronto for a while, like seven years or so. Gotcha. And then, um, yeah. So it, I don't know. It's always been kind of like based on music or like love in some instances or friends, you know? Yeah. 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 When did you, when did you start playing in bands then? When did, when did that kind of come about? I started playing in bands probably like, yeah, like grade nine or maybe even earlier, like just some really hilarious like cover bands for talent shows and things like that. Yeah. Um, And then I kind of, then like once after high school, like that was what we were doing pretty much. That was like we moved to Ottawa, started a band, and we were we started like playing around, kind of as young adults, so to speak. Um, so yeah, it's always been like a thing, you know, that I've been curious about. Yeah. So that like that band in Ottawa was that like the first kind of serious band? Then like. Yeah, we were. Uh, yeah, for sure, we were pretty serious. We had big hopes and dreams, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're 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 all really good friends still. So. Yeah, a lot of really good times with those guys. It was like a three-piece indie rock band. We were called James and Blackburn, which was uh, the streets we lived on. James Street, uh, me, okay. and my, me and my cousin Landon lived on, and then Sebastian Button lived on Blackburn in Sandy Hill area. Um, yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, we, we really tried to make that work, and we even moved to Toronto, you know, trying to yeah. Put, yeah trying to push it and stuff were, were you writing for that for that band then like were you i guess did you guys all write together or 
Um, yeah, I would, how it would work would be, we would, we would kind of, we just had so much time together that we would jam out. I played guitar and Landon played bass and Seb played drums. So it was mostly like kind of guitar idea driven music, I, I would say. So, but we would just kind of like, I'd have a riff or whatever, and I'd start singing just mumble just mumbling you know and yeah we had so much time together that you know uh over time like we would just write songs like that you know yeah i i, re- I don't remember like rarely there was a, an occurrence where i would like bring a fully flushed at song um to the group but mostly it was like a jam kind of a jam band like these big kind of sprawling jamming moments <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it would like nothing was like so organized like that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So w- when did you start putting stuff out as like a solo, or, or I guess under your own name? Um, in 2015, I st- was the first record I did, which kind of sprawled from um, I we were living above or we were living below a guy that we met who became a really good friend of, of ours named Jeff Elliott. And I could hear him kicking his kick pedal. Uh, like, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this guy's, this guy's like a drummer a musician or something. So we ended up meeting and he was going to audio engineering school at Tara at the time in Toronto. Um, okay. And so we got real close and then, what happened was I was just like really curious about like, uh, like recording. Cause, cause we were kind of like, I, I was curious to see like what you could do with, like with multi-tracking. Yeah. Um, so we just started getting together and, and we kind of recorded my, like the, my first record called mystic. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how it spawned. And then, and then my relationship with Jeff kind of, uh, spurred my own curiosity into recording. I was like, oh man, like you can record, like all I need is a laptop. And like, I, at the time I had like this really <laughs> shitty, like uh M box, uh, like a one input, like interface thing with uh, an early pro tools. Yeah. And so, yeah, then I was like game over. Then I was like, I could just do it anytime, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Do you still record a lot, uh, like from home, or do you mostly demo stuff and then kind of go into a studio? Or I mostly record all. Like a lot of it is, most of it is all like home recording. I rarely like will record like a demo, and then like have it just be a demo. Like yeah. I'll I'll just massage that demo until it becomes the fi- the finished project or product. So. Yeah, no, I still do. Like, it's early days moving here, and I'm still trying to, like, figure out, because that's a huge part of my life is, like, just, like, being down in the basement. Like, <laughs> like I, <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. It's, like, therapy for me. So, um, yeah, like, I'll, I'll definitely have that up and running uh, soon enough. But, um, yeah, that's a huge part is just home recording for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... This uh this most recent release, uh, mm-hmm. pa- 
passed on the moon just to say the name as many times as I remember to. <laughs> um, that that was recorded back around that same time. Hey, that's from 2015 too. Yeah, exactly. That was recorded. Uh, yeah, in 2015, it was a band of friends that got together to actually play my mystic, the mystic songs. Gotcha. And um, and yeah, and then we were just uh, playing so much music together that we started writing, and like we we recorded uh, a new kind of batch of songs over a weekend. Uh, which became the past on the moon stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the, uh, I guess, why now? Like, what's the appeal to to putting this out after you kind of have sat on it for a little while? Well, I would, I, I just think closure is a big one. Like, <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> you know, like there's, uh, it was like an amazing chapter of life, you know, like, it was such a great, great time, such a talented group of musicians and like buddies. Yeah. Um, and for one reason or another, like it was probably looking back on it, it's probably my fault that it didn't come out like in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like I'm not always the best uh, leader, I guess, in certain aspects. So you know, we kind of just sat on it and then like we would do like overdubs here and there. I remember like in 2017, we did like some overdubs and then it's always been on the back of like our mind and especially Jeff as well, who like had carried a lot of the production weight on this one. It was like, yeah, we just wanted to finish it just so we could like have it, you know, for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And I also think like it's it's such a special sounding, um, like not to be like uh, I just I have so much respect for those other musicians in the band. Yeah, uh, and um, like I wanted to listen to it because like the playing is like is phenomenal. Like I love that sound, and it's not something like I could recreate, you know. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's mostly just for ourselves and for the friends that were around us at that time, you know? Yeah, I, I wanted to touch on a little bit too the idea of like records as time capsules, just just yeah. because um, I, I have a belief, I guess, that you could take the exact same songs and probably record them with the exact same people like three years apart. Yeah. And whatever you record is still going to end up being uh, representative more of that time than it is of anything else if that makes sense oh for sure um, l listening back to this stuff then for you now like i guess five or six years later do, do you get something different uh, out of listening to it now than you did when you first kind of started work on it oh yeah for sure yeah um yeah i mean I guess like your your tastes definitely evolve, you know, like over time. That's a big thing, right? Um, right. But also, like, I I feel like I have so much of an appreciation for that time, right? Like more so now than maybe then. Um. So that's another another thing. Um. Yeah, but yeah, if you were to like if we were to get the evangelists back together from all the corners of uh, <laughs> North America and got us into a room and 
played these songs like i feel like and if we were given free reign to like uh be creative with our parts and stuff people would be wanting to play different things you know yeah um so it's just it's like that special moment when you get a group of people into a room and yeah there's just like an energy like an electricity about it and i think it kind of helped too that we recorded it live off the floor so like for the bed tracks at least there is some overdubbing yeah um but there's like an energy and and i feel like we we had played enough shows together that we were kind of clicking um so yeah no yeah for sure i think albums are definite time capsules are are there still folks who were uh, kind of part of that lineup that you're still collaborating with on stuff or have you mostly all kind of gone your separate ways? Well, um, I guess the main dude would be Jeff. Like Jeff plays drums on the um, recordings, um, but he's also like a super talented producer and he's like helped me uh, co-produce or produce or um, like record drums for most of my albums so we still have a very collaborative um, relationship usually just like sending files back and forth because he's in Stratford Ontario um, now. gotcha um, and then yeah like there's like Dave who uh, David Lewis who plays bass and cello and sings on the record he appeared on various other recordings of mine like back during that time period but to this date i would i would probably say jeff is like we still collaborate on things and i have an unreleased five song i guess you call it an ep but uh another record recording um where he's playing drums on it he'll he'll always have like well we have a bit of a lifetime bond i feel like as far as collaborating (laughs) yeah yeah so uh, I guess we've gotten to this point in the interview, but uh, what's next now that the pandemic is completely for sure over and done forever? <laughs> um, you mentioned that EP um, that you've got sitting around. Is that uh, is that something folks can expect to uh, to listen to in the next little while? Yeah, for sure. We're just wrapping up um, that EP. Um, so that should be, I imagine it'll be out before the new year. So that'll be the next release. And then, yeah, I just, I need to start kind of um, playing and, and meeting people here in St. John's. And um, yeah, that's kind of next on the my agenda, I guess. Yeah. Is that something you found that you're pretty good at? Are, are you like a, are you pretty able to kind of, uh, you know, meet folks in, in a new place? Well, I would say I am. Like, I'm pretty outgoing, um, but... This is the first time where I've moved somewhere where I like don't already have like someone or some people, you know? Right. Um, so it'll, it's going to take a little more like extra work, I think, you know? Yeah. Cause you don't already have like a buddy to be your, be your tag man or whatever. <laughs> go out yeah. on the town. So it's good though. Like I'm already meeting people. I already have some good friends and stuff. Um, but I haven't really made any inroads into like the music scene um, or anything like that to see like what what sort of um, if there's some like underbelly of um, alternative <laughs> music being made. Yeah, I'm sure there is. It's everywhere. But 
yeah, it's got to crack into that, I guess. Well, uh, now that uh, we've gotten to kind of the end of things, is there a uh, is there a track that you would want to throw a spotlight on here that we can play at the end of the episode? Um, yeah, for sure. I think um, I think maybe Duchovny Day would probably be the one. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a bit shorter, I guess, than some of them, and it's got some. It's a bit poppier, I guess. It's got some hooks. Yeah, I, w- I was going to ask about this. How did uh, how did Duchovny Day come about? What's the uh, what's the fascination with with our boy David Duchovny? <laughs> um, I think at the time, to be honest, I was I was actually yeah. Some friends of mine had asked me about this, and they were wondering if it was Californication or X Files. <laughs> and actually, embarrassingly, it was Californication that I was watching (laughs) and um yeah so it was kind of like if I remember correctly I wrote those lyrics like just sat down and all in one go not given much thought but it it kind of has like a rhyme and rap to it and I like kind of borrowing you kind of borrow when you borrow from like a pop culture reference it has so many meanings to so many different people and it also yeah. spurs curiosity, right? Yeah, um, it comes with some uh, some baggage that can can be kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know David, and I don't know his <laughs> personal life at all. So, but no, that's that character is what I was kind of thinking about when I was talking about some of these things. Yeah. Well, uh, this is uh, we're going to listen to a song here called Duchovny Day" from uh, "Past on the Moon." Uh, Owen, thanks so much for uh, for sitting down to chat. It's a pleasure talking to you from from opposite ends of the country, no less. Yeah, amazing. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. Really appreciate it.
Inside the Artist Studio is produced by Sean Davis Newton for the Cups and Cakes Network. The featured track, Duchovny Day, was played with permission from Owen Davies. Thanks to Laundry Week for the use of their song, Nothing on My Mind, from the Grimpy EP as our intro and outro music. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's Cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.